Well, it's the end of the week for me. Uh, <clears throat> and I just wanted to just relate. Um, not that I want to always have something that's a, a, in a frustrating tone, but in this case, it is a little frustrating. Most of my work that I do is uh, providing technical assistance, and the technical assistance mostly is around people who have more critical or acute needs um, to do their job, to live in the community. And so um, because of my son, Michael, who I've talked about um, in past podcasts, is um, I always have had to think of ways to help him to um, help him complete a task. And sometimes that means that we have to have some sort of adaptation, some sort of jig, some sort of template so that he's able to complete a task. That's just something that's, that's just every day. That's just not something that I do um, on occasion. It's something that I do every day. So Interesting enough, today I was talking with um, another family member who, not of my family, a, a, a person who happens to be a son, uh, a, excuse me, the, the mother of a son who is one of my customers. And lo and behold, I have known this woman um, for over 20 some years. Um, we are both in the in the beginning stages of advocacy for our sons when they went through school. This was before IDEA, which is the Individuals with Disability Education Act, was even had even been um, published or even formulated. So we've been on the level of advocacy for a long time. Um, in this situation, when I was talking with her, she just was kind of expressing her frustration with the level of mm, of grasping the uh, the situation when you have a person who has really more acute um, support needs. What do I mean by acute? I think I just you know kind of expressed kind of a high needs. At any rate, this gentleman um, has high needs. And as we were talking, you know, I, my brain immediately went to, oh, sure, we could do this, we can do that. And um, this gentleman is, is uh, unfortunately losing his sight. And um, the situation was, in, in this case, is the, the job coach um, insisted that this young man not do some of his tasks unless she was there to help and assist him which in my book, that's an immediate, like, excuse me, what? <laughs> because what we want is independence. We don't want to have a person who is constantly um, needing support from somebody else. In this case, a job coach. Now, if it were a natural support person, such as, you know, one of his colleagues, then we can have, we can build that relationship. So perhaps they would put the box of shredding on top of their desk so that he could easily pick it up in his wheelchair. Now that would be this be the similar situation is for my son, he would need to have a colored box, you know, something that was green that said recycle, and he would know to pick that up. Otherwise, he would just go in and pick up any box, which could be, you know, literally a new ream of paper. We don't want that. How do we differentiate it? Well, by giving it a, a color code to it. So that's kind of how my mind works. So um, 
you know, going back to this has been many years of just helping Michael and helping other people really understand what their needs are to be successful. And so I was, um, again, just talking with this, um, this family and talking with other people that, you know, here in the recent months as we have been isolated because we are in the process, we are in the middle of a pandemic and just kind of revisiting some of the, the situations that uh, living in a pandemic and how that has, has it impacted our life or not impacted our life. And in my case, um, and, in, and in Michael's case, it hasn't really been a huge impact other than we have our groceries um, delivered. I have spent a lot more time with Michael at his house and um, kind of, I mean, it has impacted my life that I have changed things um, really around my work. But that being said, my my involvement in Michael's life hasn't hasn't changed. What has changed is that I have a different vantage point. And talking with this mom um, today is that same thing. Now that we are really back in our our son's lives, you know, on a twenty four seven basis, that we're able to see how. Unfortunately, some of the strategies and supports that we have originally put into their lives to help them with independence has started to wane, has started to um, um, get watered down, for a lack of a, a better um, word to say. So it's just how do I, how do we, how do I, how do we, meaning that in my situation and other situations, looking at people who have those high needs, how are we going to make sure, one, we get, have, have people that can gain the capacity to understand that, yes, we can, we can figure out ways and supports to help this person to be as independent as possible. Secondly, is to look at how do we sustain these services and supports. Because in our, the unfortunate reality in our um, life, there is a huge amount of turnover. And huge amount of tor- turnover isn't just a relative to the support staff, the direct support staff at his home or the job coach, but also for the case managers. Um, interesting, again, going back to this um, family that I've been talking with these last couple of days, is um, this, it's just interesting because this this mom and I are pretty much on the same wavelength, and I'm just kind of shocked listening to somebody that thought that is what I thought was a little um, maybe anal when it comes to the supports um, and how we make sure that they are utilized. At any rate, she had gone through and had and had identified all the people in her son's life over the last. 30-some years that he has existed on this earth, and she was able to come up with about 400 names of people in his life. She did the same thing for her daughter, who is neurotypical and is now married and has her own family, that she counted through her educational career, and um, when she exited school, she could count about 60 people. So for as much as we want to make sure that we, we try and get the support strategies in place for people, when you 
consider you can have 400 plus people in the lives of people with more um, support needs. It is uh, it's kind of eye-opening to see we have a huge amount of people that are needing more, uh, more repetitive training. Uh, like I said, to start off with, this one person um, who originally started this one job for this gentleman, not my son, this gentleman that she customized, carved out specific jobs. She made um, some jigs. She had some visuals for schedules. She had really a lot of things in place. Well, let's fast forward 15 years. Can you fast forward 15 years? That's that's the other question. Um, and look back, and his job, his tasks went from about 20 different tasks to now he's limited to about three of them. And they're limited to three. Uh, when I was talking with his mom, she said, because the um, the job coach wants to make sure that she is there for for this man so he can do his job. Well, the unfortunate reality is she's got a lot of other people she supports as well. And so she's not always there, which gives this person a lot of downtime, a lot of time where he doesn't have tasks to do, and he wants to work. And so you can see this huge disconnect, and that's very similar, again, looking at my son and his his situation. Although the people that are in his life right now, I'm I'm very appreciative. That's not um, that's not the the concept I want to be able to portray here. It's that we don't have the level of training, and there's also a piece that this mom and I were talking about, which really comes down to um, the expectations that we have and we've always had for our sons that other people don't have the expectations. They're not even thinking, well, sure, we can we can manage that. We can find a way that he's going to be able to get that complete a task or know how to do something independently. So it was, um, like I said, it's been a kind of an eye-opening situa- scenario here these last few few days is just understanding, <laughs> one, I'm, I was feeling a bit... Um, I can't even think of the word. I was feeling validated. The fact that I'm not the only one in this situation of thinking, oh, dear Lord, I can't, I can never die because if I do, the support strategies and the things that have been in place for Michael for so long um, and that with my activism and advocacy um, that they, not to say that they haven't waned because they have, um, but to make sure that things are in place so that he has a quality of life, that he has independence, that um, he has a functional way to communicate, which is huge. Very, It's a uh, huge concern. That more specifically than anything is that people are following what his um, communication needs are. And uh, like I said, I f- just felt validated uh, or maybe, you know, misery loves company is the fact that there I there is still a job to be done there is um, a level of trying to get people motivated um, get that core gut feeling that 
Of course, we can make a difference in this person's life. Of course, we're going to look at ways to help support them. Of course, they're, you know, that this person needs to be included in their environment and not just in the way of pleasantries. How do I make sure that we have a diverse um, community, whether it's the diverse workplace, the the diverse um, recreational place? It's not just by saying, oh, isn't it nice? We have, we can check off that we have a person with a disability uh, or an intellectual disability here in our, in our community. And it's just because that they're standing on the sidelines. No, it really has to be, what is it that is needed to help this person to be as included as possible? Another project that I'm doing right now is with, um, with another county here in the state that I live in. And it really is about working with the school district and working at how do we create an inclusive, diverse community uh, with that starts in the classroom, in a general ed classroom, not in a separate pull-out situation, is how do we help everyone be included? And I, I am, uh, I'm encouraged to see that this is happening in the grade level it is, um, but I I'm a little bit uh, anxious about the reality of things are now. Though seeing what's happening in the schools, there is that bit of cautious optimism that there is a hope that the idea of having people included rather than being excluded and only working on, you know, academic uh, outcomes, that the piece that is, you know, that we really need that's important is to have a person to be socially included. And that is in either in the workplace that we find what it is for this person to be included. And that doesn't mean just by sitting in the, in a room and, and uh, providing uh, sorting jobs for a person. How is this person part of that work environment? And then, like, for my son, how am I making sure that he is part of his community, that he has access to uh, recreational uh, activities, that he has access to his own doctors, that they are understanding and welcoming of, uh, of his communication needs, and how he needs to have different support strategies in place so that he doesn't need somebody talking for him. He doesn't need somebody who is, um, that we're having to be convincing to a doctor. I can go on at this point right now, but I, I'm hoping to get the your, your attention just by saying that we have a situation where um, one size does not fit all. And yet that is the unfortunate reality is one size fits all is what seems to be happening in a large, a large portion of, of supports when it comes to people with uh, developmental disabilities and intellectual disabilities. I'm hoping that this might be an inspiration to you to think, how can I think outside the box? It's not about you knowing everything. It's about you being able to say, I know there there has got to some be some piece of that technology, some piece of strategy or support that can make a difference in this person's life. So I hope you'll take those things into consideration, and and maybe you can make a huge difference in the life of somebody that you support, and make a difference in the life 
of, for yourself that you can build and continue with whatever you have learned um, to be able to support other people and help them to be as part of your their community, your community, as they want to be. I would say your community. That's I'm kind of like spitting out words right now, but it's more of everybody needs to be feeling feel included, but everybody doesn't have the same door that they're coming through. So we have to make sure that we have the ramp for the wheelchair, that we have visual supports for a person who has autism, that we have other support strategies in place for, say, a person who's blind, who's deaf, who's there. How do we help this person be included and not have the expectation that that person has to adapt to every single person that comes into the life of a person with a disability because they have the disability. So I'll leave you on that. And like I said, this is the end of my week, and I hope you have a good week, a good weekend. Bye-bye.